This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Our world freely uses the word love in confusing ways today. We may say we love our car, our pet, our friends, or even our job. But what does the word love really mean? Let's talk about that in today's message entitled, Get a Grip on Love. Today our theme is Get a Grip on Love. I hope you'll stay with us. I'm glad you're listening in. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Loving and gracious Father, thank you for loving us before we loved you. You proved your love for us in that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us to rescue us. As we listen to the words of Jesus this day, teach us how to grow in our love for you and for one another. We ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from John chapter 15, beginning at verse 12. These are the words of Jesus to his followers. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. Dear friends, many years ago there was a hit song on the radio. I believe it was sung by Dion Warwick. And it went like this. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little love. How true those words are. Love's important. Love is needed in our marriages, isn't it? A loveless marriage is not going to last long, and if it does, it'll be a long, miserable experience for both parties. Love is needed in our churches as we love one another we represent Christ so much better to those who stand outside the Christian faith. Maybe you've heard this statement. A cold church, like butter, will not spread. Of course, we know love is needed in our homes, amongst our family members, and in our friendships, that we might get closer, grow closer, and enjoy one another. And It's needed in our world, isn't it? This world can seem so gloomy and loveless some days as we watch the news, seeing people being terrible to one another in a host of creative ways. And of course, for those of you who know Jesus, you know that he made a big deal about love. Love one another, love your neighbor, love God. So today I thought, we'd answer this question, how do we get a grip on love? And Jesus is our expert, our coach uh, for today, because he's the ultimate when it comes to the matter of love. He modeled it and, and stressed the importance of love in our relationships during his ministry with his followers. In fact, he even covered this topic on the very last night he was with them before he was taken to the cross. 
Listen to his words again in John 15. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. He said something similar to that in chapter 13 of John's gospel in that upper room as well. He said, the new commandment I give you, love one another as I've loved you by this. All people will know that you're my disciples. Now, what did Jesus mean when he said love? Because in this world of ours, that word is used so freely and sometimes in a most confused way. It's oftentimes just related to a feeling. It's like you fall in love. It's a romantic sort of thing. But Jesus isn't talking about that when he talks love to his disciples. As you poke around the New Testament and get to familiar with some of the original language in the Greek, you see that there are four Greek words for love in the New Testament. There's the word philia, which is friendship type of love, and there's storge, which is a family type of love, and there's eros, which is romantic attraction kind of love, and there's agape, which means sacrificial love that gives for the sake of the other. And that's the word Jesus is using in his statements. In fact, Jesus pretty much defines that for us in the the next statement he made after the commandment. He said, no one is greater love than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Agape love is not a noun. It's not a feeling. It's something that you do. It's active. It's a verb. Something you do for someone else. It's an act of the will as well. It's not something that you just conjure up like a feeling, but it's a decision that you make. I'm going to love that person. Jesus even gives us a clue as to what love looks like when he says that little statement at the end. As I have loved you love one another. So we ask, how has he loved those disciples and how has he loved us? And there we find our clues about what he means by love. As we watch Jesus' actions in the Gospels, we first learn that agape love that he's talking about is a love that gives. Love gives. He sacrificed his life for them and us at the cross. He He gave himself away. He emptied himself so that we could be rescued from sin and death. Love gives. Anne Lamott wrote of an eight-year-old boy who had a younger sister dying of leukemia, and he was told that without a blood transfusion, she would die. His parents asked if they could test his blood to see if he was compatible with hers, and he said, sure. They tested, and it was a match. Then they asked if he would give his sister a pint of his own blood, that it could be her only chance of living. He said he'd have to think about it overnight. The next day, he told his parents he was willing to donate his blood. So they took him to the hospital. He was put on a gurney beside his six-year-old sister. Both were hooked up to IVs. A nurse took a pint of blood from the boy, and it was given to his sister. The boy just lay there in silence as the blood that would save his sister dripped from the IV until the doctor came over to see how he was doing. Then the boy opened his eyes, and he asked, How soon until I start to die? Wow. Love gives. Sacrificially. 
Love is never so fully love as when it's giving. And love serves. Jesus, before he gave them this statement, what had he done for them? He had gone around the circle of his disciples in that upper room with a towel and a bowl of water, and he washed their feet, much to their horror, because that was something that a a servant would do, and he was the master. And Jesus, when he got done, said to them, Do you see what I've done? I've given you an example. If you call me your Lord and Master, I am, then I also want you then to wash one another's feet. I'm seeing that kind of serving love taking place right before my eyes these days in a home in my congregation, Dan and Sarah. Dan has ALS. He's dying of it. He's losing abilities daily now. Some people might run from being placed in the role that Sarah's in now, the caregiver. It's overwhelming some days. She's living the vows, though, for better, for worse, in sickness and in health, for richer, for poorer. She'd never dream of doing anything other than what she's doing for her husband. She's serving, and that's love. I have that in the wedding vows when I have couples up uh, being married at our church. They promise, I will serve you until death parts us. And, and love prays for the other. Jesus prayed for them, didn't he, On, in John 17, before he went out into the world to face that horror that he was going to be going through at the cross. He prayed. And what did he pray for? He prayed for them. Father, protect them. Keep them in the truth. Keep them unified. Imagine all he was about to face, and he was praying for them and their welfare. On the cross, after they deserted him, and as others were taking out their hatred towards him at that cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He prayed for them. By the way, I've noticed that it's hard to stay mad at someone if I'm praying for them in that manner. That kind of prayer does a number on me, changes my heart, and moves me towards loving again. And love speaks. Jesus loved them with his words, didn't he? First, he spoke to them all that the Father had given him. He said a glimpse of the Father's heart. He'd spoken important truths into their lives, that God loves them, and he's your Father, and he hates sin, but he loves you, and he has a plan to make your life work to his glory and his honor. And It's an abundant type of life that he's offering you, eternal life. Listen to these words of Jesus again. I no longer call you servants because the servant doesn't know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my father. He spoke words to them of love. He spoke words of encouragement and affirmation. He looked at Peter and he said to him one day, you're no longer Simon. You're Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. He was given a positive vision of what Peter would be someday. He also used words that discipline and put them in their place and set them in the right direction. For instance, when they argued with him about going to the cross, he, he said, get behind me, Satan. You're not thinking like God. You're thinking like the world thinks. Finally, love looks. He listened, and not only with his ears, but with his eyes. 
as he looked into their weary and anxious and upset faces after it had become apparent to them that he was going to be taken from them, what did he say? He said, let not your hearts be troubled. He saw trouble in those hearts. Love notices things like that, pays attention. And only after that was he able to speak that great comforting promise of a heavenly home that he was preparing for them in the future. Give them words of assurance. So love gives and love prays and love serves and love speaks and love looks. Now that we understand what love is about, it's apparent that it's a pretty tall order, isn't it? And as I look at myself and what a sinner I can be and how selfish I can be, I'm asking how can I pull off this kind of love life in my marriage or my friendships or my family or church or community? Well, on our own, Dear friends, we can't do that very well. But the good news that I have for you is we don't have to. We really don't have to. Uh, For some of you who are listening today, and you're thinking, I'd like to have a life like that. It might begin with you saying yes to Jesus Christ for the first time or, or coming back to him after having walked away. It means asking him into your life and admitting that you need him to forgive you and to take your life and help you start over. Because in doing so, you will receive his love and his forgiveness and his promises in your life. And one of the promises is, he says, I'll reside in you and guide you and teach you in the way of love. I will empower you to put my counsel to work as you relate to others in your life. He's promised us that. I know that many of you who are spending time with me today know the value of a relationship with Christ already. Well, let me remind you that we're not on our own in growing in our love towards others in our lives if we're followers of Jesus. We we just celebrated Pentecost. And what's that about? It's the Holy Spirit has been given to us to help us get better at loving other people. The the Apostle Paul, in fact, wrote about the fruit of the Spirit in a person's life. And at the top of that list of great qualities for successful relationships that God wants us to have is that word love. It's just what he wants for us. He's willing to put it into our lives through the working of his Holy Spirit. And Jesus said on that same evening that he gave his new commandment that to love one another as we, he's loved us. He, he says, if we abide in him, we will bear much fruit. Abide means remain connected to him. So what does it mean to remain connected to Jesus Christ? It means connecting ourselves to him in a daily devotional life of Bible study and reading and prayer. It's in those means that he gives his spirit to us. The Spirit has opportunity to shape us and fill us to overflowing with love for other people. He conforms us to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ, the great lover of all, lover of my soul. And it's in taking His words and trusting them enough to actually put them to work in our lives and obey them And that will bring about growth in our ability to love like Jesus as well. When he says, for instance, forgive as I've forgiven you, well, then 
Try sacrificing your right to get even or hold a grudge and forgive. Even if you don't feel like it, make the decision, I'm going to forgive. You're going to discover step by step there's a freedom in forgiving and you will grow in your love. When you hear him say, real life is found in giving yourself away for others, that's what love is all about and what life is all about. That's where the joy is. As you begin to take your eyes off of self and begin to ask the question, what can I be doing for you? Even when you're not feeling like it, you will find that the Holy Spirit enters in and you will become more and more mature along the way and grow in doing his word, loving. And when Jesus says serve instead of being served is a way to to have a great relationship and, and glorify me. How about taking steps to do that in your relationships, no matter how awkward or frustrating it might be? You, you find the Spirit use, will use that to grow you in your ability to love. Just start small. For instance, start by serving someone in your life uh, list, by listening carefully, paying attention to them without trying to give advice or spacing out and not hearing them or trying to share your own experience with them. Just Listen, it's one of the great acts of love. Stay focused on the person. It can be hard, but you can do it, powered by the Spirit, and it's a valuable service, and you will you will grow in your ability to love. By the way, why does Jesus want this to happen? Have you stopped to think about that? It's because though this world of ours does need love, Ultimately, it needs him. Your loving ways towards people can lead them to come to know or desire to know the one who loves them more than anyone in this world could possibly love them, who gave his life for them at the cross and rose again so that they might be rescued from sin and death. Jesus Christ. He says, by this, all people will know that you're my disciples. You, they'll, they'll want me in their lives. That's why it's important to Jesus that you and I have a grip on love. We're walking advertisements for the kingdom of God. It, it has the power to affect the people you encounter for eternity. So no wonder the Apostle Paul would write later on, now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Love one another as Christ has loved us. That's the word for today. Amen. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Lord, we thank you for loving us so unconditionally and for demonstrating your love in such amazing ways. Help us to love others in the same way Jesus loved us. Help us to love unconditionally and to love with actions, even when we don't feel like it. We ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would help us grow to love like Jesus. In his name we ask this. Amen. Now as you go on your way, May Christ go with you. 
May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to love others as Christ has loved you, so they may learn to love Him too. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts of our listening audience. Many people choose to support this ministry with a memorial gift. A memorial gift is given to remember a loved one or friend. All gifts to this ministry are considered tax-free donations. Address your gifts to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. We are thankful to all those who support Christian Crusaders with their prayers and finances. If you enjoyed today's message on love and would like to hear it again, be sure to check out our website www.christiancrusaders.org where you can find a link to both the audio and printed copy of today's program. Previous broadcasts are offered as well as other spiritual helps. Our website address is christiancrusaders.org CDs and printed copies of today's sermon are available free of charge. However, a gift of any amount to help cover production and mailing cost is always appreciated. Address your request to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. Our toll-free telephone number is 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. We are happy you were able to join us for worship today. And we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and Speaker on Christian Crusaders, now in its 81st year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.